0: Hi, I'm Mason, and this is Kara, and we are the hosts of Expert Secrets Revealed, Conversations in Health and Fitness. It's also known as the ESR Show, sponsored by Syntrax Nutrition, and it's a show built around exceptional people and ideas that educate, entertain, and inspire. And today's guest is one I've been looking forward to having on for a long time. Mm -hmm. His name's Bill Bradley, and he's an extreme endurance athlete. He's also a professional motivational speaker. And to give you all an idea of some of his accomplishments, it's, it's amazing. He's done a like, a lot of you've heard of the Ironman triathlon. Yeah. Well, he's done a triple Ironman and that consists of a 7.2 mile swim, a 336 mile bike ride, a 78.6 mile run. He's also mm-hmm. competed in the Ram, which is the race across America, which is a 3000 mile bike race. And it starts in, uh, what, uh, Oceanside, California, and ends in Oceanside, Annapolis.
1: Oceanside to Annapolis, Maryland. And I got it all memorized.
0: <laughs> and then... Uh, well, I got those two He's also an extreme memorized.
1: comedian.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he's also done... That wasn't enough. He's also done... If many of you have heard of the Badwater Ultramarathon, which is a 135-mile-an-hour... 100-mile-an-hour. 135-mile Ultramarathon mm-hmm. in Death Valley in July. Yeah. Well, he has done a double Badwater Ultramarathon, which is 292 miles. In Death Valley, in temperatures that reached one hundred thirty-five degrees, oh. so puts them in a very uh, unique class. Yes. And we're yeah, really, I've
1: also just him. so you know, I'm one of four people who've done a quadruple bad water. Five hundred and eighty-four miles. I went back and forth across that desert for three freaking weeks. Oof. No way. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. Yeah, and two Mount Whitney summits. Man, that was tough.
2: Tell us about your background. I love your background there.
1: That is my vision and affirmation and goal wall. So all this, you know, I like to say like advertisers spend thousands of dollars on billboards that you drive by in 10 seconds to get stuff in, you know, get into your subconscious mind and get their advertisement in there. Well, back there is my billboard, man. Nobody's programming my brain except me. So I put all kinds of positive things back there and pictures of, you know, uh, people I look up to and, and respect. And, and then, uh, you know, my goals and affirmations. And I just brainwash that in my head. I'll, I'll sit here in the morning and have a coffee or a, or a shake, protein shake, and watch some motivational videos and just look at my wall, man, and dream. That's what I do. Well, I'm looking at your wall and I see David Goggins
0: on there. And that guy's pretty motivating. I see. I uh,
1: love freaking David Goggins. I, me met, I met him. I was with him in Death Valley one year. He, he was having a bad race. I think it was when he was having his heart issues and he caught, I was, you know, I started a couple, I don't know, two or four hours ahead of him and he caught up to me and we walked for about 20 minutes and I really like him a lot, man. He. He wasn't as intense in that race with me. Like, come on, get your ass moving! No, he, he took it easy on me.
0: <laughs> I don't like day. Like I can see Goggins and Prefontaine, and uh, looks like uh, quite a few, quite a few. Um,
1: quite yeah, a few I got like yeah. Taco up, up there. I got Jobs. You know, I've done my share of business stuff too in the past, and yeah, I got Denali, Everest. You know. The mountains that, you know, I love the mountains are really tough challenges for me.
2: And where do you find that mental strength? It's just that ultimate mental strength. Where does that come from?
1: It's, <laughs> it's years and years of doing this stuff. Honestly, man, there is no easy. In the beginning, I did all the little tricks, you know, like, you know, I would tell myself it's cool when I was in the desert and this and that, and you know, it's, it's just that I've, I've. Pretty much brutalized my mind for years now. You know, I do. I do three to four or more of these events a year, and uh, and you know, it's just keep getting out there, keep getting out there, keep getting out there. And your mind just goes, you know, like, hey, this is just business as usual, man. We're just, you know, you just keep moving. You know, I don't, you know, I just, yeah, it's it's just it's really like any other muscle. This your mind and your mental toughness. You need to build it up, man. Those tricks, they work a little bit, but really, you better get your ass out there in a tough, tough environments and tough things where, where it scares the, the heck out of you. You know.
2: So these races are so different. Now Mason is a triathlete, and um, and I'm kind of the other end of the spectrum here. So I'm really curious. He knows a lot about this, but for me, I always think about that, like where does that mental toughness come from? And not only that, but what does it take to train for these different? They're all different, right? Um, and and you have to train differently for each one, especially especially in the environment that you're in. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Right, well, I used to, I thought I could just jump back and forth between these different events. And I've, I've tried five times to swim the English Channel. I've made it 20 miles, 12 hours of swimming. But until I started, like I make a main goal for the year and I really, you know, I, I have to focus. Like when I was doing that, I swam, you know, Full time, you know, for that year and go out in San Francisco Bay and swim for up to four hours, you know, um, a lot of four hour swims up to a 10 hour swim. But I really focused on my swimming. Then when I'm on land now and I'm carrying, I was up at uh, God, what was I up to like 235 pounds because, you know, you want to stay. There's no wetsuits when you swim in the English Channel. So you're trying to stay cool, like, a, you know, as warm as possible, like a seal. So you kind of balloon up because. Yeah, i don't know everybody who's a cold water swimmer just kind of eats whatever they want whenever they want and, mm-hmm. and they're and they're all pretty big and so i said oh well i'll do what they do <laughs> and i had no problem getting big <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> but yeah it was you know and so then i realized though like i couldn't go back and forth because of the weight and everything else so you know i tried for five years just you know or or more to swim i mean not five but over like a seven or eight year period to swim the english channel and like I said, I made it 20 miles. A big storm blew in. I was like just a couple miles from shore on France, freaking separated me from the boat. And, uh, you know, I went back one more year and, um, and I never even got a chance to swim. And I had swam like a maniac that year. It was just so rough of conditions. I never got out. And now I'm I'm on land. So I lost like 40 pounds and I'm on land. And I made a commitment, like, you know, so I kind of stick with things that kind of work together, like running or, you know, an ultra, like the Arrowhead 135 and climbing a mountain. Somewhat they work together, you know, climbing Denali up in Alaska, you know? So I, I'm trying to work them together because I, I realize I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good enough to switch back and forth on these really extreme things. Mm-hmm.
2: That makes sense. Have you ever climbed a mountain, Mason? No,
0: that I have
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> Might I put that I, on your goal, Mason. <laughs> yeah, I have not. What? To, what are your
0: views? What are your views on finishing versus winning?
1: You know, I used. To, <laughs> I mean, I'm. I was in the triathlons because we bring up triathlons. Not that I ever won or even came close to winning anything, but I was much better at um, the shorter distances. I was like a half miler and. In high school and a miler, and you know, and and I, w- I had more speed. I was, you know, I was faster, and you know, and but um, you know, so I, I would when I would do the the Olympic distance races, and I didn't do a lot of them, but I would finish much higher in my age group and stuff. But to me, it was when I, I went over to do. I was doing biking, and I went over to Hawaii to do a bike just, uh, you know, I was racing crits and I went over to Hawaii to do a bike ride around the Big Island, you know, like an organized bike ride. And uh, Ironman was going on. And I remember I went, you know, and I was, I can't, got there a day early when the Ironman was going on. Isn't that like motivational? Like, you know, there's something going on. Yeah. And I went over there and, and I watched the winners come in, but you know who got into my heart? The people barely finishing under the oh, under yeah. the cutoff, man. It was the ones who were out there for 17 hours, whatever the cutoff is. I think it's 17 hours, and they we're finishing like right before midnight. Those were the ones that got me, man. So it's it's you know for me, you know they're out there. You know the freaking the guys who win, they're they're doing it so fast. They're out there dancing and stuff afterwards, and these guys are coming in like cr- practically crawling and dragging across. And I go those that's what i'm about man just freaking finish whatever it takes
2: i'm curious about your number one accomplishment of all the races that you've done all the events you've done and then your number one defeat
1: <laughs> you know what's funny we talk about you know when i first started doing this i wanted you know and and i haven't i don't really speak actively right now so i've took a little break from that you know and i'm not really actively speaking right now but I was like all about like, um, you know, I was making everything, everything I tried, you know, I made. And I was like, I thought I was like some, like had some superpowers or something. I couldn't believe I could make all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, after I went above the Ironman and, you know, like you said, the triple Ironman and, you know, biked across America, I was over the cutoff biking across America, but I, you know, I was 18 hours a day for 16 days across America and, you know, I was making them all. Bad water made my bad water. I did them all. And I thought like, oh man, I'm something special. And man, but it just, you get a little bit harder all the time. And I got to where I don't make them anymore, man. And I, and you know what now my thing is and where people are, why, you know, I, I was like embarrassed. It's, there's the Arrowhead 135, which is one of the toughest races in the world. In international falls, you pull a 40-pound sled with your survival gear, 135 miles. It's right on the Canadian border. It's the coldest spot in the continental U.S. at the coldest time of the year. And, you know, I've made it 100 miles. I've never finished it, man. You know you? you know what? When I go back this year, what attempt I'm on? My 10th. Wow. I don't freaking quit. Yeah. That's my thing, man. That's why I was put on this earth. I want to. Sh- I'm supposed to show people. Not to quit. I've had frostbite. I've fallen in crevices on the mountain. I've, you know, I've, I've had frostbite so bad on Denali, my thumb turned black. I had to go to three doctors till one told me I would keep it. Till, and then I put a glove on and I said, no more opinions. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 I'm now, always really curious know, what happens. Like, Yeah, I'm always just so curious what happens in that moment when you're up there and you're talking about that moment, you know, and you're like, "Well, what happened was we
1: we were stuck in a big blizzard up there, and for eight days we were stuck, and then finally it cleared a little bit, and we were, I think, at like ten thousand feet, and it the cleared a little bit, and so we decided to go for the next camp in this clearing. Well, we got up, you know, a couple hours into it, up this big, you know steep steeper climb and we got hit with another blizzard and and it was like it was like white out and crazy and it was like minus 20 and you know and we you know basically you, have all the, the gear? you know we made the the guides made the call to go back down I wasn't yeah. you know we were only part ways up to the next camp so uh-huh. by the time we went back down and you know anyway I just like screwed around too much with my gear and trying to do things with my um you know, my inner glove on for too long and it doesn't take too long to get frostbite really bad. And, you know, and I, you know, it's just your hand freezes and, you know, and and so it, it, it froze, man, you know, but, but then it was like, you know, I've been back two or three times since and I freaking have fallen in a crevice since where I dropped down 25 feet. And at the time I was down there, you know, in this crevasse and, uh, And I saw this gloved hand sticking out of the wall, you know? (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's just a glove sticking out of the wall, right? Because they find all the dead people, right? You know, they find all the dead people. Yeah. Yeah, and I go, you know, because it's not Everest. This is, you know, Denali. They find them all, right?
0: Sorry, we had technical difficulties, but <laughs> yeah. we're back.
2: It's such a good it's point. It's such a good
0: point. <laughs> so Bill was telling us the story about how he was in a crevice yeah. and saw a hand with a glove sticking out of the ice. That's where we were. <laughs> and, and that's, that was like the, the cliffhanger there. It was. So, no pun intended.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And at the time, I just told myself, I'll go, that's just a glove sticking out of the wall like this, right? I go, but yeah. it's just a glove. And I go, because they find the dead people on on Denali, you know? And I go, and I said, but stay away from it anyway. (laughs) 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 So I kind of stayed away from that little hand. And then right before I went up again this year, you know, for my fifth attempt, I was telling somebody about how I saw that gloved hand sticking out of the wall. And I go, but I know it was just like some sort of frozen glove, right? Because they find all the dead people in the, and this is like a guy. They go, they do not find all the dead people. They don't find them all at all up there.
0: <laughs> well, the good news was, for you was, is you like did it out.
1: It, then you did it again. Like six, six or seven years before, eight years, whatever, a team got wiped out by a, by a, you know, an avalanche. And they all, only one guy got out of it, you know, with severe frostbite and he never found the rest of them. I go, I think I know where one is at least. Where oh, the hand is.
2: That's not good.
0: So, so I have a Go question ahead. for you. Um, like, I, I have a lot of friends that are also extreme endurance athletes. Not mm-hmm. to the to the distances that you've gone, but um, a lot of them are very, very particular about obviously the physical training, getting plenty of adequate rest, preparing their body to to withstand the um stresses of an extreme endurance event yes. but during the event and and most of them will tell you and i'm curious what your take is on this but most of them will tell you that if they have proper nutrition hydration electrolyte um balance and they pace themselves adequately they seem like they can go forever and the body can go through peaks and valleys of recovery mm-hmm. and and difficulty and recovery and difficulty and i'm just curious you know whenever an event you know Iron man's a long day. 100-mile run is a long day and some night, <laughs> night too. But you're talking, you know, mm-hmm. week-long events. Um, what's been your experience? What role does nutrition and hydration and electrolyte balance play? And how have you managed it?
1: Well, I think it's huge, you know, that the nutrition, the, especially when the temperatures get extreme, like in Death Valley, and you're trying to keep your stuff together and keep your, your food down inside of you or – you're at Arrowhead where it's so cold, if you have the wrong food, it freezes on your sled. And you can't eat it, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's critical. And just, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had times like, you know, where, you know, you get like at Arrowhead just like a couple years ago where I get, you know, I'm I'm down to food. I can't eat anymore. I just can't. You know, I can't get down any nuts because my my stomach is so upset. But I the only I've had times where I felt like I could go on, but not very many. <laughs> I usually am pretty done by the time I'm done. but in um, in Ram, I will say that when I did finish that, so like I said, I was like four days after the cutoff, you know 16 hour days on on the bike 18 hour days on the bike seat for 16 days. and I did feel like I could have made the turn out at Annapolis, Maryland. I said, man, we I could start back again because I was in a high. But I'm sure I'd get going back and I'd get into those hills again in Virginia. And I'd think like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I mean, roughly, but roughly yeah, how I many calories? You do get that feeling and it, it does go up and down. And that's I think that's a key thing that people need to know. Most people don't realize that, that you do this during these events. Yes. And they quit when it does this. You know they what do. I mean? They get down here and they think they'll never get out of it. And you just got to keep plugging along and plugging along and you'll and you'll come out eventually and start feeling better.
0: It's amazing how good, the body works. Good
1: recovers. point. Good point. Do, yeah. I mean
0: roughly do you have any idea like one of the secrets I'd ask you because I want to know. Yeah. I mean how many fluid ounces of, of 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 fluid are you taking in per hour? How many calories per hour seems to work for you? What percentage protein versus carbohydrate? I mean I'm you know I'm, I'm fishing for, for secrets. Like I'm fishing for secrets yeah. here because you know I'd, I've never done anything long- All right, so let me
1: down. Down. That's <laughs> a
2: strong question.
1: I know. Let me tell I, I'm telling you, I've had so many goos when I did it, when I did a half Ironman, I think I did 45 goos back in the day. Wow. I'm burned out on all that stuff. You know, the regular, the the fancy foods or whatever that are, you know, I, I still do them in a pinch. Like I got goos when I do, when I, when I'm dragging my cart now across Death Valley, because during the heat, that's all I can get in me is a goo or a, or a, or, a, or a, shot, a shot block, you know, but but during regular stuff, I, I'm kind of putting everything in. There was a guy. So before I did my first Arrowhead and I, I, I did a 100 miler in Alaska, you know, pulling a sled, but it was like 10 degrees. Right. Then I go out to Minnesota and I know that's whole that International Falls is, you know, minus 10, minus 20, minus 30, minus 40, minus 50. I was in a few years back. And, you know, that's a, that's no schooling around weather. And so before I went out there, I went to a survival camp up in Alaska. You know, the guy who was a veteran and he'd done this thousand mile bike ride up to Nome, Alaska, you know, on the Iditarod Trail. And he said that, you know, they're one of the racers, it's a race, and one of the racers had said that he had secret food, right? He had secret food for this event, right? And he he was like gonna kick everybody's ass because of his secret food. (laughs) And they all like, and 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 the guy dropped early, and so when they got up to one of the checkpoints, everybody couldn't wait to rip open his food and see what his secret yeah. food was, and it was it was the same crap everybody else is eating, like <laughs> cookies and crackers. He was trying it to psych like, you out. It, it honestly, what my what I carry in those events looks like a damn Seven Eleven, you know, <laughs> it's just full of snack food, and you know, like. I, like um, you know, thing it's things that are that work for me on my stomach, you know, because right. yes. you lose your stomach, you're in like you said, you're in oh, big yeah. trouble, man. And anything you're in big trouble. But the further the race, the more extreme, the bigger the trouble you're in, you know. Yep. So you know, I like like you know little sandwiches or you know things that you know uh, cookies are really good for me. Thing You know, like if I go to candy bars or any of that stuff, I know that I can only do a few of those and and my stomach acts up, you know, so it's kind of getting a feel for it yourself, what you can do, what works good for your stomach, you know, and things that work good for, you know, even through an Ironman, it's not going to work you know, necessarily when you're days, you know, you're, you get sick of it, man. You just can't eat it anymore.
2: And I'm sure when you're training, you try different things, right? When you you're do. training, I know you've talked about that before. You do. Yeah. And you know,
1: definitely. When, yeah. You, yeah. But race but I, I kind of got day. my thing. I kind of got my thing down now. You know what I do in these big events. So I just okay. got to make sure I can buy it right before I have access to it or because usually I'll go out there and buy everything where, when I show up out there at 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> so, so I've got a question for you. Give me you. a slurpee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so of all the experiences, and I'm really curious what, how you choose to see how you choose to answer this question. But because mm-hmm. um, you could go, you can answer it multiple different ways. If there was one piece of advice that you could give to someone related to health, fitness or wellness or competing? I mean, if there's one, if you could only give one piece of advice to someone based on your life experience and all the things that you've done, what would it be and why?
1: I think your thing is your your health is everything, man. It's freaking everything. And I think people take it for granted, you know, and it's everything. It just is for me, for sure it is. And uh, you gotta take care of your health. It's just, you know, like, you, yeah, you gotta have a good diet. You gotta have a good exercise program. You don't have to be extreme like me, but you better not be sitting on the eats, couch eating Cheetos and bonbons, man, and think you're gonna have a good life. You're not, you're gonna be tortured by your body. Just from when I did my English Channel swimming, I got my weight up to 237. At 237, my thighs started to rub together And it was like, they were on fire and and I immediately lost like five pounds, but how people carry these big, you know, 300 pounders, they're being tortured and your energy levels low. And it's, you know, I think people like look for the shot or the pill or, and that's a bunch of crap, man. You just got to get yourself in shape and, 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 and your body will fight off all this stuff. You know, you don't, you know. It's so critical, you know, that you know, you don't you don't get all these diseases and stuff with a healthy body and a healthy mind. Thoughts
0: on setting goals that are seemingly impossible.
1: Frickin' do them all the time. They're impossible to other people, not to me.
2: Just shut up and suffer. I mean all my things. Shut up up and suffer, baby.
1: (laughs) All my things up there say I'm the world's greatest at everything. <laughs> you are I'm always the world's greatest, you know. I'm always the world's greatest. I can't afford, I'm always putting positive stuff in my mind that I'm the world's greatest, you know. It's like, you know, other people can say whatever, but me, I'm just brainwashing my head that I'm the world's greatest. You know, so I think that all that stuff is so positive up there. Um, and just you're you're always like you're you're always making yourself. You know, I got Superman on my wall. I remember, you know, you talked about it when I did my first Badwater. You know, I I was like, I'm Superman, I'm Superman. I don't feel heat, I don't feel heat, I don't feel heat, I don't feel heat, you know, and you're just, I don't know, you're just constantly working it. You know, just working it hard. You're working your mind hard.
2: They even did a movie about you. And you have a cart there too, right? Right next to you. I have my fancy cart.
1: Should I spin (laughs) my fancy camera around? Yeah, show us, (laughs) show us. (laughs) It's in my fancy kitchen. There you go. It's got, it It totally has VIP parking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would be sitting on during the race. Tell us about that. that,
1: Yeah, so that my friend lent me that cart. That's why I have to have VIP parking. You know, I'm in an apartment, (laughs) so there's not a lot of parking here. We can barely get me and my dog, like have to turn sideways to get around half the time, you know, when we're here. (laughs) But uh, that cart she used it. She was the second person ever to do a solo self-contained bad water where you drag that cart with, you know, basically all your food and water across Death Valley was 250 pounds of, you know, when it when it's loaded, you know, and I know it's roughly that with mine because I'm carrying the same same food Mm -hmm. and water and everything that she did. And anyway, this year I got out there to try it. Cause I've done, I've done everything else out there. I've done a solo. I've done two solos in the race. I did a double and I did a quadruple. Like I said, one of four people who've ever done a quadruple 584 miles, three weeks going back and forth across death Valley with two Mount windy summit. It's like, okay, what's the last big challenge that I can do out there is pulling this freaking cart. It's called a solo self-contained with all your water, ice and food. And you can't get in the van to cool off like you can in a regular race. You are, you got to do, you can only cool up by getting under a something naturey, like a freaking cactus or some (laughs) crap. And so, so I go out there last year for my first attempt at this. And I'm going like, I have, I've never failed at anything in the desert ever, man. I've made them all. And I'm like, oh yeah, man, this will be just like, and you know, just like the quad, you know, just get my momentum. I'll get my rhythm. I'll get my, this. Well, when I did my quad, it was only like 110 to 112 for the whole three weeks that I was out there. And then in the sun, that's like, you know, probably 120 something, you know? Well, when I did my, when I did this, all of a sudden we're heading for Death Valley and there's all these warnings that like one of the hottest weekends ever on earth is coming up. And part of me like is scared. I, s-h-i-t less man you know i don't know (laughs) but i sure can spell good and you know and i'm like scared you know i'm going like oh my god these temperatures are insane right and then the other part of me goes man i wonder if i could do it though man wouldn't that be badass if i could do it you know because i've never i've never i always love these challenges you know and so so we go out there and and we start and uh you know, and, and the first thing you notice it's different from a, a solo bad water is when you take a break, like after three or four hours, you sit in the van with the air conditioning going as long as the van's not moving and that's part of the rules. And you're, you know, your crews putting ice, giving you ice and, and all this stuff, and you're you're cooling yourself down. And, and 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 my buddy goes to me and he's you know, he's done a he, he attempted also a solo self-contained. And he goes, Hey, Bill, there's a great place to take a break up ahead. And I'm like, okay, yeah great you know and you know what it is you sit down in a freaking ditch and you get your feet so he goes he goes, hey, at least your legs are in the shade <laughs> and it's like it's the fun, sun man. is just beating on you it's been beating on you for like three hours and it keeps and so anyway so I take that little break and the sun just keeps beating on me and be, and it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. I can't believe how hot it is because you know it got up to, when it got to the temperatures of the quad I go, oh, You know, I'm like, I get interviewed and it's because I had a camera guy and I get interviewed and I go, this is just like business as usual, man. Just like my quad. I just fucking, you know, I'm just going to go into autopilot, you know, because I've done so many things. I don't have to, like, tell myself I'm Superman. I'm just autopilot, you know, and I, uh, you know, but then it kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And finally, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I come up to where, you know, I'm taking a second break to sit on this little ledge, you know, I mean, on the side of the road. And as I come up to it, man, I just like, I start puking everything up, man. I'm just like, the heat is just crunching me. Mm-hmm. And I, and I puke everything up and I'm like, yeah. And I, you know, and, and I was like, and then I was going to quit and I'm, I'm starting to run for the van to get the air conditioning. Cause I literally thought I was going to die. It was so freaking hot in this, in, at, at a point in the sun, at our at our low at our highest point in the sun, which is because we have a thermometer in the sun, and I'm in this freaking sun. It was 159 degrees. Wow. And 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 I'm like puking my guts out. And my buddy's like, and I'm starting to run because I'm panicking now. I'm so hot. I'm running for the van and my buddy's like talking, he goes, Hey Bill, he goes, Hey, just you know, just take it easy, man. I had this happen, you know, just relax, you know. You just, you know, you got all that out of you you know just relax and so, so he's like so he talks me down from the from running to the van and and I like slow down and I go and my and my stomach now starts to calm down again after puke and all that cuz I took these too many salt pills cuz it's like you know I was so hot that I kept taking salt pills and anyway it was just I was a mess and so the bottom line is he talked me down and you know I was able to continue on and I you know and I went on I ended up going like you know I ended up going for nine and I think nine, nine and a half hours, nine hours and 20 minutes. and I only made it like 18 miles, but it freaking took everything I had to make it that far, you know, and yeah. And then we went, you know, we took a break for a couple days and then we went up to the summit of, uh, of, you know, of, of Whitney, you know, cause I had a permit for it. And so we did it and that was tough to go up there too. So that's kind of what the movie's on. But it's. Well, now you know, they know all call about the movie, so they
2: don't have to watch it.
1: No, they really <laughs> you gave don't it all away. Yeah, don't have to watch it now. You had man, us in it's,
2: suspense.
1: It's, it's pretty extreme, man. Yeah, you're going to know I didn't make it, man. It's like. I don't know, man. I I don't, you know, (laughs) that's all right, Bill. We'll keep it a secret. We'll keep it a secret. uh, How do
0: people go about if people want to follow you or learn more about you, your speaking engagements, your movie? Yeah. Like I said, I'm really not doing
1: too much speaking now, man. I I can come in and do some question and answers. I can answer things pretty good, but I don't have a, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm more. Yeah. I'm kind of taking a break from that right now. Doing a lot of training. And uh, but yeah, so you can look me up, you know, Epic Bill Bradley, I got a fancy website, I got a, uh, you know, I'm we're we're really pushing Instagram now. So I I update that usually two or three times a week. And yeah, Epic Bill Bradley is my my website, you know, and, and that's the main things. So much for
2: joining us today. We appreciate it. We're out of time, but it has been a pleasure and we would love to have you on again sometime.
1: Let me just say one last thing. Yes. ESR power. Woo. woo, woo. Woo,
2: Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Well, we appreciate everybody watching and you can find this episode and others at ESRshow.com.
1: You guys are awesome.
2: Thanks. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel there while you're there. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, Syntrax Nutrition, for providing the world top quality proteins. You can find all their products at Syntrax.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you again soon.